0: Excellent job, guys. Excellent job. One more hand for those guys. Wasn't that wonderful? Awesome. Well, we are so glad that you're with us today. My name is Mike Conway. I'm the pastor here at City On a Hill Church, and we want to welcome you and say thanks for being here. We are in the middle, actually right at the second week of our series, uh, and it's a series that's called "Everybody Always." And so we've been in small groups. We've been learning from this lesson and then we've been moving forward. And so today as we continue on, um, as we're digging into this, the the biggest question that we've been asking ourselves is what would happen if we stopped worrying about difficult people and simply started loving them? What would happen if we just started loving people where we are? The answer is a revolution, a revolution of love. Where we would begin to love people and encourage people. So last week we looked at loving people where you are. A lot of times you hear about loving people where they are. But sometimes you got to start where you are. And, uh, and, and, and so today we're talking about catching people on the bounce. Catching people on the bounce. And, and uh, Bob Goff says this, the author of Everybody Always. Uh, what I want to do is see the hope that's inside people. And I've always said that what the most dangerous people in the world are people who are filled with hope because they believe God can do anything and will do anything. And so uh, as we look at this, we're, we're, going to, we're going to see how Jesus responds when somebody fails. We're going to look at what it looks like because I think one of the biggest challenges for uh, people of faith, people who are trying to follow Jesus people who are seeking to live their lives for Jesus, is somehow we feel like we have to be perfect. But we've been fighting against that since the beginning. When we said we're not perfect, we're being what? And that allows us to get caught on the bounce. That allows us to understand what it means to get caught on the bounce. And so, so as we're looking at this story, we find Jesus has been let down by one of his most trusted friends by a friend who said i'm ride or die jesus but when it came down to it he wasn't ride or die and so so now we see this story and we get a chance to see the grace of god and i'm hoping that you will see that and i'm hoping that you will forgive yourself and begin to trust god in your life, some people don't want to come to God because they don't feel like you deserve God or you don't feel like you deserve a second chance or a hundredth chance. And so what happens is, is, is we we stay away from God because we convince ourselves God isn't interested in us when the truth of the matter is God's so interested in us that he sent his one and only son for us. So, so, so we see this story and, and, and Peter um, he, he shares, he has, he has testified to something earlier when Jesus said, Jesus said, who do people say I am? And, and they gave all those answers. They said, some say you're a prophet, some say you're John the Baptist reincarnated. He said, yeah, but Peter, who, who do you say I am? He said, oh, that's easy. You're, you're Christ, you're the son of God. And Jesus said, on that truth, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The fact that Jesus is the son of God. And so Peter makes this wonderful confession, and of course, you know, when things are going good, we're all happy, right? But how many people know life doesn't always go good? How many people know we have a way to make mistakes? And so so what we see is we see Jesus catching Peter on the bounce because Jesus had told Peter, he said, check this out, Peter, there's going to be some guys that are going to come and take me away. And when they come to take me away, everybody's going to leave me. Everybody. And and Peter said, no, uh uh-uh, they might, but not me, Jesus. Right? And Jesus said, oh, yeah, you're going to. matter of fact, before the end of the night, you'll deny you've ever known me three times. And just as Jesus said, it happened. They arrested Jesus, and Peter was warming himself by a fire. And people said, weren't you one? with?" No, I don't know him. No, we're sure we know. No, we are, no, 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 not me. And finally, a little girl says to him, hey, that's one of the Galileans. And he curses and uses language that would not be to prove that he wasn't. a father. And right then, the rooster crows. And the Bible says Peter went away and he wept bitterly because he failed God. He failed Jesus. He failed his best friend. He failed his closest friend. And and Jesus had told him times are going to get tough. Jesus had told him there are going to be times when you feel like you've blown it. And the truth of the matter is, in that moment, Peter lost his hope. Peter lost his hope. And hopeless people are dangerous as well, especially to themselves. So he loses his hope. He had been told he was going to be a world changer not anymore and he went back to doing the only thing he knew the same way you and i what happens is we think we fail god and we go back to that same place that we never had any business doing because god took us out of there gave us a new mission gave us a new purpose gave us a new plan and he leaves and he goes back to fishing when jesus found peter he was what and Peter, and Jesus said, you were, you're a fisherman, not anymore. Now you're going to be a fisher of men. Amen. So as soon as Peter felt like it's over between me and God, he goes back to doing what he knew. I guess I'll just be a fisherman now. I had a chance to be a fisherman. I had a chance to be a world changer, but I blew it. So I'm just going to go back to doing what I do. And I'll just live a life of sorrow and sadness, regretting every day. Every time the rooster crows in the morning, I'll be reminded that I failed my best friend when I had a shot. But one of the most amazing things about God is He never gives up on us even when we give up on us. He doesn't give up on you. You see, you might give up on you, but God, no, He doesn't give up on you. You might even convince yourself that God gave up on you, but that's you speaking for God. You see, God loves us. He gives hope to the hopeless, and He he desires to see the hope well up inside of us. And then He desires for us to take that hope and take it to the world. Because they're hopeless and helpless. They need hope. God wants us to share the good news that He'll catch you on the bounce. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're going to get a chance to do, not just here in this fellowship, but the way we put feet to what we do is we're going to go to the streets and 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 49 different times the gospel is going to be preached in open air to anyone who will listen, hoping we can catch them on the bounce, hoping that they hear this good news about Jesus, (coughs) hoping that hope will well up in them, because I want to see the hope well up in them. And the truth of the matter is, it will have already began because they made their way to that place. As soon as they set foot toward that revival, we know that something's happening. The same way in this church right now. There are people who've come. Maybe you haven't been in a long time. Maybe it's been been years. Maybe it's your first time. But something brought you here, and I want to tell you what it is. It's hope. It's hope that maybe God is everything He said He was right and so that's why i came this morning as well to see the hope well up in people because i know that god he has that strong desire so so i want to read the story to you and uh it says this after jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of tiberias he had revealed himself in this way simon peter uh, Thomas, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Debedee, and two other of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. Now be careful because people are watching you. And if you start abandoning your faith, where are you leading people? Are you taking them back or are you moving them forward? And they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Sounds like a familiar story because remember when they found Jesus, they had caught nothing, right? They're probably thinking, man, our luck's really ran out. We don't have Jesus and now we for sure haven't caught anything, right? And just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples, they didn't know it was Jesus. See, sometimes God sends you a message, a hint, a blessing, an encouragement, and you don't know it's Him yet. You don't know it's Him yet, but He's been inviting you. He's been wooing you. He's been bringing you. He's been calling you. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered Him, no. No. He said to them, cast the net on the right. Now, this sounds like a familiar story, doesn't it? Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it and they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. God did something miraculous. The first time it happened, so many fish they couldn't. And then again, here's this same thing. God saying, remember when I did? I want to do it again. Everybody say, I want to do it again. That's what God wants to do in your life and my life. I want to do it again. That thing I did in you that you thought would never happen again, I want to do it again. Ooh, this will preach itself. Thank you, Jesus. That disciple whom Jesus loved, we all know John wrote this, and so he always makes sure you know that he's the disciple that <laughs> Jesus loved. Hey, he might just need to remind himself of that, you know? And he says, that that disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon, listen to this, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. He saw it was Jesus, and he's like, man, I got to get to Jesus. I don't care what, I'm just jumping in the water. I'm not waiting for this boat to land. I need to get to Jesus. Forget the fish. I need to get to Jesus. Jesus. The other disciples came in the boat, but Peter was swimming, man. He's just trying to get to the Lord, right? Dragging the full net of fish, for they were not far from land. They were about a hundred yards off. When they got uh, out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus had been cooking them breakfast. He'd He'd been getting ready for them, Right? Now, 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 what else happens in the morning? Anybody from the country? What happens? Cock-a-doodle-doo, right? The rooster crows, right? Right? And what? the last time, every time Peter had heard that rooster crow, he remembered that he failed Jesus. Every time that rooster crowed, it was screaming, you're a loser, you're a failure, you Sold God out. But Jesus is preparing breakfast at the same time. Jesus, uh, uh, it says, uh, Jesus uh, said to them, Bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, uh, uh, full of fish uh, uh, of them, and all there were so many the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, some of the disciples dared to ask him. I mean, now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. It's still sometimes hard to believe that Jesus wants to eat with you, isn't it? Isn't it hard to believe that Jesus wants to be your friend? Sometimes they they knew it was the Lord, but they were like, should we ask him if it's you? Because sometimes, like God's really talking to me. I thought He wasn't interested in me. I thought He didn't. He'd never want to see my face again. So they didn't dare ask, but they knew it was Jesus. But they're like, let's just let's just let's just ride with Jesus right now, and let's just be happy, right? Jesus came and took bread, and He gave it to them. And so with the fish. Now this uh, this was now the third time that Jesus had revealed Himself to the disciples after He was raised from the dead. Jesus and Peter, uh, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, listen, he had failed him. He had never stopped loving Jesus. Yeah, he failed Jesus, but he never stopped loving him. Yeah, he dropped the ball and yeah, he denied because fear got over. But he never said, he said, Lord, you know, man, these guys are awesome, but you know I love you above everything. And Jesus said to him, then feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said to Jesus, yes, Lord, you know That I love you. You know everything. You know I love you. And he said, Then tend to my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now listen to this. Watch this. Peter was grieved because he said it to him a third time. See, when you and I don't know what God's doing in our lives, we can get a little frustrated. What God was actually doing. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? So God's just restoring him, but Peter doesn't know it, so Peter gets grieved the same way when people come to church, they don't know the difference between the conviction of the Holy Spirit and condemnation, and they don't know that God is trying to restore them to the place that they once were. And Peter was grieved because he said it a third time, he said, do you love me? And listen to what Peter says this time. He says, Lord, you know everything. And you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you to a place you don't want to go. He said this to show the kind of death that Peter would uh, die to glorify him. And after that, he simply said this, follow me. May the Lord add His blessing on His Word. See, Jesus, He caught Peter on the bounce. He caught Peter when Peter was thinking there was no hope when there was no help. He caught him right there and right in the midst, he was doing something that was creating hope in him and restoring him. And now when Peter hears the rooster crow, he thinks I'm restored, I'm redeemed. My, my relationship with God has been put back together. That's what we need to hear. So catching people on the bounce, what does that mean for you and me? It means not letting shame keep you from reconciliation. Look at this. That disciple whom loved Jesus therefore said, It's the Lord. And Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. He put on his outer garment for he had stripped off to work and threw himself into the sea. Simon wanted to get a face-to-face with Jesus, man. He was ashamed. He was terrified. He was scared. He, He felt like a loser. He was fishing. But he was not going to let shame keep him out of the game. He wasn't going to let that happen. And listen, you and I, we can't let the blame game or the shame game keep us from loving and serving Jesus. Listen, you cannot forget it. And I preach it and almost every Sunday I say we're not perfect, we're being perfected that's not an excuse to live any old way you want no it's a license to to repent and call on God and be sanctified and transformed and reconciled to God you see what happens shame will keep us from reconciliation it'll keep us from wanting to be reconciled because we'll feel like we were unworthy of that Peter threw himself into the sea. He went back. And he ran to Jesus. And it was just like he found Him for the first time, man. You see, Jesus had changed His occupation. And He thought that it got changed back. But nothing happens without God say so. Jesus didn't say, now you're a fisherman again. No. His purpose, His call, His passion was still on him the anointing the grace of God the mercy of God was still on him God hadn't spoken he had spoken and you need to hear that this morning you're a fisher of men not a fisherman and then what happens God finds him Jesus finds him doing that thing unsuccessfully I might add wasn't no fish right that's the second time That's God's mercy, isn't it? Thank God that he knew he couldn't do it without him. But both times Peter left those fish, he could care less. He had no interest in what was in there. He wanted what God wanted. But I'm telling you what, guys, shame will keep you from relationships, husbands, wives. Shame will keep you from reconciling. Because you're not willing to just simply go there and just have those conversations because you're ashamed of your behavior. Parents, children, that shame will keep you from reconciliation. There's something about saying, I'm sorry. There's something about receiving forgiveness and reconciliation. Friendships, all those things. We can't let shame keep us from reconciliation. But we do. And therefore we've got to be mindful. God came to remove the shame from your life, to reconcile you. That's God's business. He wants to catch you on the bounce. And guess what? That ain't gonna be the only time either. I don't know about you, but I'm like a super ball. You ever had those super balls? Right? And the, unfortunately, it has a long way down and then the bounces high. But Jesus will catch me on the bounce. The second thing I want you to see today is that reacting to others who failed, if you're going to catch people on the bounce, it means reacting to others who have failed with compassion and understanding. Jesus said, Come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? for they knew it was the Lord. Jesus was simply there to cook them breakfast and hang out with them, to talk with them, to spend time with them. Yeah, Peter failed. But God had compassion on him. God had understanding because God had already told him, you're going to fail. Peter didn't believe. If there's one thing Peter failed to believe, it was that he failed to believe Jesus when he said, you're going to fail me. But that's why he needed Jesus in church. That's why you and I, that's why we need Jesus. We're not perfect. We're being perfected. There's going to be a time when you have to call on the name of the Lord repentance is a lifelong journey and satan will accuse you every day the bible says he accuses you before god regularly but you have an advocate his name is jesus who steps in and said covered 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 he starts putting a list out. he's like covered 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 that's what god does so we have to understand god's position If we're ever going to believe in God and serve God, then it's going to be by the way that we believe and behave toward ourselves and others. How are people going to believe in a compassionate God if we're not compassionate? How are people going to believe in an understanding, merciful God if we're not understanding and merciful how are people going to believe in a God who forgives if we're not forgiving how the only represent, representation they have is us but how will they if we don't catch them on the bounce how can they how can we tell them God will we'll tell them he can change you and they'll be like well why hadn't he changed you right I mean, I'm just wondering. I'm thinking out loud. And then if you get mad, you got to forgive me again. You know what I'm saying? At least that's what the book says. You see, if we fail God, if we fail God, He forgives us. And when others fail us, we need to forgive them. And we fail God ourselves all the time. On my best day, man, on my best day, my best day, man, I need Jesus. My best day. These guys sang my song this morning, man. My song is, Lord, I live just to give my life to you. That's it. You know, from the start of every morning till the end of evening, you're the song of my heart. You're you're the object of my desire, and I want to give you my all. And, and when I'm singing that song and I'm thinking about that song, I'm thinking about all the times that I failed and all the times He's forgiven me. And it just, it just gives me hope. You know what I'm saying? Because He knows my heart, man. And it just says everything that I have, all that I have, every beat of my heart. He deserves better. But when I make mistakes... How awful would it be to stay away from him? How terrible would it be to go back to doing what I was doing before he met me? See, that's Jesus. We have to extend compassion to others because they don't know. You see, when you and I see people, we have to see people the way God sees people. There were people who said I would never amount to anything. There were people who said that I'd be dead before this age. There were people who said I was unredeemable, unsavable, all those, unlovable, all those things. But they didn't have God. They didn't know why my suffering. But Jesus did. And when Jesus came along, I didn't get saved to keep from hell, man. I was already in hell right because hell is that ultimate separation from God man I got saved because I found out somebody loved me and was compassionate toward me and wanted to forgive me and give me a life and a purpose and a meaning see part of compassion is seeking to understand people seeking to understand and Peter didn't even understand what Jesus was doing for him Peter got grieved and guys when the Holy Spirit's working on you like he's working on some of us today the conviction Holy Spirit you have to tell the difference between condemnation and conviction condemnation says there's no hope and no help but conviction says there's hope and help and conviction moves you into a deeper relationship with God we've got to get comfortable with conviction we've got to get comfortable when God says you're not that anymore We got to get comfortable when God catches you on the bounce and says, No more of that. We got to get comfortable with conviction because it's the work of sanctification that God's taken us to a new place. But you see, it's so close. It's so close. It's so close. Those feelings make us uncomfortable. And here's Peter in the presence of Jesus and he's grieved. Peter in the presence of Jesus and he's grieved. He didn't understand that Jesus was restoring him, man. It was for his own benefit that he was grieved. Now that should have been an amen, church. It was for his own benefit that he was grieved. You see, when the grieving starts happening, it's to your benefit. God is cleaning you up. He's moving those things out. He's restoring you, and the natural response is grief. But he didn't leave him there, did he? He didn't leave him there. He stood him right up. And then he gave him some news that would have scared anybody. And Peter wasn't scared. He gave him some news. He said, you know what? There's going to be a time when they take you and they put you on the cross. And Peter's like, then let it be so, Lord. That's all right with me. As long as I'm with you, you're the, li- you're the resurrection and the life. They can take this life, but you're the resurrection and the life. Do what they must. Just leave me alone. But, but let, let me tell you some more about the story, though. <laughs> just, this is my favorite part. Peter messes up right after that. Right after that, Peter messes up. Bounce. What were we talking about? Catching on the what? <laughs> he says, you're going to die this way. And then, then Peter looks at John, the one whom Jesus loved, right? <laughs> what about him? You need to read it. It's in the text. What about him and Jesus? Is like that ain't none of your business, boy. That's right. It ain't. Not, it ain't got nothing to do with you. Thank God for the bounce, amen. Because some of us leave church and we get caught on the bounce. And but but you know, Peter went on, man, and he preached the gospel, and the Bible says that he preached and he three thousand people came into the kingdom just a short time after that and peter preached all over to anyone he was thrown in jail didn't stop him flogged didn't stop him nothing could stop him and then historians and christian tradition tells us they crucified peter but he said don't you crucify me the way my lord was crucified i want to be crucified upside down because i don't deserve to die the way jesus died That's Peter. That's what, you know what happens when you get caught on the bounce? You you can do whatever you want to me. Whatever you want to me, but you ain't taking my Jesus from me. You know what I'm saying? You can do whatever you want, but you ain't taking Jesus from me. And so he said, y'all can do what you want. You just hang me upside down. Because I'm going to see Jesus in a minute anyway. Right? So finally, the last thought, catching people on the bounce requires reminding and restoring people to their purpose. Guys, that's what we have to do as the church, as as the family of God. Parents, if you know that your child had a call of God on their life, you need to remind them of that. You have to remind them of that and restore them to that. People who thought it was too late, you had a call and you ran from that call, but God wants to restore you to that calling. This is what He said. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. Because he said it a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. And you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. He put him right back on mission. We have to be reminded and restore. We don't know who we're going to find out. You know the man who's going to preach this gospel uh, to you and and do that session evangelism on the 14th, uh, Glenn Badonsky. You know what really made me mad about Glenn? You can even tell him when he comes. We were standing in the shipping uh, manager's office, and he told me he, that, that his spiritual mom and dad, that the, the people who adopted him, the African American couple that adopt, adopted him, he was a pastor. And so he had heard the good news. And I got all mad at him at that point. I said, Now I'm really mad at you. And he's like, What are you talking about? I said, You had the good news this whole time? You had the good news this whole time? And then I told him, I said, man, and this is what changed this world, man. I said, you have the power to lead a generation, and you choose to lead them straight to hell. Now, he ain't doing that no more, thank you, Jesus, because he got caught on the bounce. Now, we might have had to, you know, we might have been ready to get a little fist fight, but catching people on the bounce will make them mad, but it also opens their eyes. And now tens of thousands of people have come into the kingdom. And he's literally leading a generation. A generation. He's preaching this weekend someplace for the next generation. And now here he is helping me lead this fellowship. And we got families that are going to go out. And we're going to lead a generation. You see, you got to remind and restore people to their purpose. Jesus was there to remind Peter he was not a fisherman anymore. You are a fisher of men. And just because you failed doesn't mean that God has moved you off mission. There may be a time of restoration that's necessary for you, but ultimately you got to get back in the game. Jesus restores Peter fully. And when that rooster crows, his worst failure is no longer what he remembers. He remembers the grace of God and the forgiveness of Jesus and the restoration. And every morning when the rooster crows, he reminded God is good. God is good. God is good. See, God wants to remind you today that he sent his son Jesus to live for you. Because you couldn't live perfect to sacrifice his life for you because that was the ultimate payment for sin. And then and then to die on a cross to pay sin's debt and then to be resurrected to defeat Satan's sin and death for all time. Not one time, all time. And you and I have a chance. You need to be reminded, you need to be rescued, you need to be restored. And you can't let shame keep you out of the game. That's not what you were made for. You were made for so much more. And my prayer and hope today is that you'll understand that and know that. You see, we got to catch people on the bounce. But you know, I found out a secret. I found a secret out. And it's really not that big of a secret. But what I have found is when you're busy catching people on the bounce, God's busy catching you on the bounce. All right? And you know what it makes you? It makes God not have to bounce you as often. You know what I'm saying? because god because the message the purpose the plan guys the reason i'm passionate about what we do here at city on a hill church the reason i'm passionate about care Fest, the reason that i'm i'm passionate about the 7x7 revival the reason i'm passionate about our homeless ministry the reason i'm passionate about giving you uh, in just a few weeks you're going to get 25 packs to go into your community and just simply invite people and i want to give you a chance to be rejected i said i want to give you a chance to be rejected Yeah, you're welcome. I want to give you a chance to know what that feels like to pray for people instead of get all angry and nasty with them. I want to give you a chance because, see, these things are what keep us catching people on the bounce. And you know what it helps me? It helps me believe that God will catch me on the bounce. So when I see, like, baptism's coming up on the 22nd, when I watch people go into the waters of baptism, I'm reminded Jesus caught me on the bounce. And I'm reminded if he caught me, he'll catch you. And it's just those simple things that just help us stay the course. Loving people where we are. Catching people on the bounce. That's what God does for us. And all he does is ask us to do the same. So here's the cool thing. Today, God wants to catch you on the bounce. He doesn't care how high or how low that bounce was. He wants to catch you on it. He wants to restore you this morning. And what you've been feeling, some some in the room, what you've been feeling, if it's been grief, that's good. It's the Holy Spirit saying, man, I want to put you back, man. I want to restore you. I want to bless you. You're You're not what you think you are. You're who I said you are. There are some that need to be restored to your ministry. You need to be restored to the life that God called you to. And you thought you DQ'd yourself, but God hasn't spoken. Only you spoke. And it's time to step back into that calling. It's time for us to begin to speak that to our children. It's time for us to begin to speak that to our brothers and sisters. It's time for us to begin to speak that to people who have fallen by the wayside and remind them God has not put you out of the game. You put you out of the game. It's time to invite them back in. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. And that's the truth, God. Lord, the, the thing that Peter said, it just resonates with me. He said, Lord, you know I love you. And God, you know on my best day, on my best day, I don't deserve heaven. But, but Lord, there's one thing you know, and that's that I love you. And God, I thank you that you're cleaning me up. And you catch me on the bounce every day. And I'm really amazed at that grace, God. I've never had anybody love you like you love me. I've never had anybody love me like that, God. I thank you for that love. It's not conditional, but it's unconditional. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you don't leave me where I'm at. And you refuse to let me stay there. So you'll convict me and grieve me to push me toward Jesus. I thank you. Father, I thank you that you send messengers, that you send your Holy Spirit and you send your Son to me so that I might be restored and rescued and renewed. And I pray for each person in this room that they feel that grace today. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I need that. This message right here reminded me, and God has restored me. And today is my day. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of new beginnings. Today's the day of new life for me. And I'm choosing to walk with Jesus 100% all the way. And I know that I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected. And I'm trusting Him to catch me on the bounce every time. If that's you this morning, would you just slip your hand up high in the air? Anybody in the house says, that's me. Yes, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You guys may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice, we're just going to pray. Prayer is literally just talking to God. We're just going to say from our heart to his, Jesus, I love you. You know that I love you. I ask you to forgive me, restore me, and remind me. I am yours. You are mine. I am forgiven. I am changed. I am a new creation. I am who you say I am. And I choose to live my life for you. And I give you everything I am and everything I'm not. It's in the powerful, matchless, mighty name of Jesus that I pray, ask, and believe. And all of the church said, amen Amen and amen. Now give the Lord your hand clap this morning because he's a good God. I'm glad.